What's up, everybody? It's Pastor Brandon here. We want to welcome you to a Hope Alive Church podcast. We have an amazing message for you today. It's going to grow you. It's going to stretch you. It's going to give you wisdom. So we hope that you enjoy the word today. When we talked about crossing over the Jordan, amen. You were here Sunday when we talked about that. I want to continue with that teaching, but I want to go into part two. Everybody say part two, amen. We talked Sunday about... I put into context in Joshua chapter 3, thank you Joe, we talked about getting how the children of Israel left the uh, Pharaoh, left Egypt, left captivity. They went out into the wilderness after they escaped past the, 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 the plagues and, and they went through the Red Sea. How many of you remember when the, the Red Sea parted and they came to the river Jordan But they came one time and they were griping and complaining and murmuring and they couldn't get across the river because God had told them across the river was a promised land. Did you know God has promises for you? There was a promised land and and they couldn't get across. And so generation went by and a, a new leader had risen up. His name was Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Joshua heard from God and said, it's time to go across the river because on the other side of the river is the promised land. And on Sunday, New Year's Eve day, this just a few days ago, we declared as we crossed over from 2023 to 2024 that we were crossing over from the wilderness, come on somebody, into the promised land. Let me say that again. I said we were crossing over from the wilderness into the promised places that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living less than God promised me. Let me say that again. I'm tired of living less than God promised me. I'm tired of seeing people live less than in the promises that God gave for them. Did you know God worked very hard to get to you? He gave a lot to get to you. He, he, he moved mountains and he, he gave his only son to get to you. And he wanted to get to you so much that he spared no expense. Nothing was off the table. If it took the life of his own son, he said, for God so loved you and wanted to give to you and wanted to bless you. And he still loves you. Let me tell you, he still wants to give to you. He still wants to be a blessing to you. And he loved you so much that he gave. He, he, he loved you so much that he didn't want you to live in the wilderness. The wilderness represents des- deserted places, desolate, dry places. See, in the wilderness, they couldn't get anything done. But they crossed over that Jordan finally. If you were here Sunday, you can hear about that. <clears throat> but tonight, I want to talk about some lessons from the other side. Some lessons from the other side of the Jordan. To put into context, we're now across as, as a figure of, 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 of example, as we crossed over a Sunday night, uh, my family and, and I were gathered in our living room. We had a fireplace going. We had all the lights turned off. We had some worship music going and we had our minds just in a place of presence as we crossed from 2023 to 2024. But 
We're standing in the promised land now. We believed God that we were crossing out of the wilderness, like Pastor Martha said, by faith. We believe God, and so we believe that now, being 2024, I'm going to walk this year in the promises God has for me. I'm going to step into the things God has for me. I'm going to step not only into the stuff, I'm going to step into the relationship God wants for me. I'm going to step to meet the right people God wants for me. I'm going to do business the way God wants me to do business. I'm going to pray hotter. I'm going to sing louder. I'm going to preach harder. I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to reach as far as I can because that is what I believe God wants for us. So I believe there's some lessons from the other side. Everybody say the other side. So here the children of Israel are and now they're standing on the promised land, Canaan standing across now they look back and there's a wilderness and still in the middle of this riverbed in Joshua chapter 4 we find ourselves in in Joshua chapter 4 where they are in verse 1 and they say after the entire nation of Israel had gone across the river the Lord spoke to Joshua I want to tell you God didn't just speak to Joshua because he was you know this or that the Lord wants to speak to his people who are walking into promised places if you have the faith to believe for God to take you where he wants to take you he's going to give you instructions let me give you some 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 hacks to your prayer life if you pray this prayer God will answer it a hundred percent of time God I want to walk in your will not mine He'll answer that 100% of the time. But you know what the truth is? Most people don't want to walk in God's will. They want to walk in their own will. This ain't my message about pride, but you can find that too. So you can see. Uh, but, it, but it really is true. So God gave Joshua some instructions. says, I want you to pick 12 men. One from each of the tribes of Israel. I'm going to give you a little biblical history here. There are 12 tribes that represent the 12 different lineages and sons outside of Joseph's, uh, uh, Jacob's family, rather. And uh, you can see them formed here. And, and, and he said, I want you to pick 12 men, one from each tribe, and I want you to go into the riverbed and pick up 12 stones. One stone, one man, one stone. I want you to pick it up, and I want you to pick it up from the very place the priests stood in the middle of the river as the waters held back for you. Now, if you're just getting here, you're hearing this for the first time, you got to go here Sunday and it'll put it into perspective. But he said, I want you to get a, a rock and I want you to get it from the very place. I don't want you to get it from the edge of the riverbed. I want you to get it from the very place that the priests stood and, and, and pick it up right where they stood and carry those stones over to the other side with you. So Joshua called the men together and said, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me. He said, each one of you, go get a rock. Everybody say, go get a rock. And he gave them this instruction because he wanted them to specifically go get the rocks from the middle. Let me tell you about the, the rocks in the middle of the riverbed. They're not the light little rocks you see on the edge of the riverbed. Down in the middle of the riverbed are the big rocks. Everybody say the big rocks. And he said, I want you to take these 12 rocks and I want you to remember. I want you to build a memorial. I want you to build a place that you remember that I brought you out of the wilderness and I'm putting you into the promised land. I want you to know that God has a desire for his church 
to remember what he does for them. Say amen tonight. He wanted them to remember. He wanted them to remember what he had done for them on that day. He wanted them to remember that there was no way they could get across a river that was a mile wide, 12 feet deep, running 40 miles an hour. There was no way they could get out of the wilderness by themselves. He himself, with the presence of him, his presence going ahead of them, he himself parted the waters of the Jordan River, Joshua chapter three, and they were able to cross the river on dry land. That may not seem like much to you living in the year 2024, but I want to tell you to people who were standing in that place that day when they saw the mighty rivers of the Jordan part back, they knew it was nothing but God that was on their side. Have you ever been in a situation where you couldn't find any other reason that things worked out except it was God working for you, putting things in motion, holding back the river, holding back the circumstances? If that's not you, let me tell you, God desires to bless you in a way that he will hold back the enemy, he will hold back the river, and he wanted them to never forget the day he held the river in place so they could get out of the wilderness into the promised land. Don't you ever forget. Don't you ever forget the day God pulled you up out of your mess and set you up on dry ground. Our God is a God of remembrance. If we don't remember God's miracles, there will be no value to them. If we don't remember God's miracles, uh, that we will, we will, we will allow the, the approach of a new circumstance to give us fear. These miracles are what God wants us to remember. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if God's brought you through anything, he didn't bring you through it so you could forget about him once you got on the other side. He didn't bring you through it so you could get on the other side and then give yourself credit for delivering yourself out of the wilderness. You didn't deliver you. If it was up to you, you'd be still stuck in the desert. But thank God we have a God who delivers us out of our circumstances. That's what the writer wrote in Psalms chapter 103 when the writer said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Everybody say, forget not. We cannot forget. He is the one who heals our diseases. He is the one who forgives our iniquities. He is the one who saves our children. He is the one who keeps us in our right mind. There is nobody. You may think you're good at doing life for yourself, but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord God Almighty. If it wasn't for our God Jehovah who has kept you when everybody else has dropped you. Don't you dare forget you wouldn't be on this side of the river if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for God. See, because remembering helps keep our faith strong. When we remember, when we remember, pride stays away. You know how I know that? You can't be mindful of how God delivered you and prideful of how good you are at the same time. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be mindful of how God has worked things out for you and then be prideful of how good you are at the same time. When we remember God, we keep pride away. When we remember God, we keep fear away. Because I want to tell you, that was not the only battle they were going to have to fight. 
I would like to tell you tonight that once you get across the Jordan, you're never going to have to find another circumstance where you fight. But as Pastor Martha said earlier, when she was uh, trying to sneak a preach during the offering time, uh, she said, and it's really true, you're going to fight battles. When every time you advance to a new level, you're going to find a new devil on that level. And you're going to have to beat the devil and beat the circumstances. And the truth is, when we remember God's miracles, the fear of new circumstances stays away. I don't have to be afraid because I remember that one time. I was in the wilderness and I didn't know how I was going to get out. But the Lord went ahead of me and held back the waters and held back the circumstances. And I crossed through on dry ground. Aren't you glad you cannot forget what God brought you from. When you remember, it gives others hope. When you remember and you can recall the day God delivered you, those that are going through, it gives them hope. I was reading a story, a blog the other day on, it's now X, but it was called Twitter, but I was reading a story about the origin of the, of the bell the bell, not the bell, Alexander Graham Bell, bell but, or is he the one? Anyway, uh, but uh, the one inside the cancer clinics. After your treatment is done and after you've been declared in remission, somebody goes up and rings a bell. You ever known anybody that went out and rang the bell? The ringing of the bell is something that's completely voluntary. You don't have to do it. The reason why a nurse came up with that is because they wanted to let the other patients in the clinic know healing is possible. And every time you tell your story of how God delivered you from the wilderness, it lets those stuck in the wilderness know, wilderness know that healing is possible and there is a God who will take you out of your dry places and he will lead you into the promised land. That's why we cannot forget. In this new year, I want to give you a challenge. Write this down. I want you to record God's miracles this year. I want you to record God's miracles working in your life. And when they happen, write them down. Because you will never forget if you can go back and look through how God brought you through some things this year. This is a great chance to start. You could go home tonight and get a new fresh notebook out and say, I didn't have to wake up January the 3rd of 2024. I didn't have to wake up, but thank God today I have breath and life. If you start being grateful on the other side of the river of how God brought you through, you'll have hope in dark times. Let me tell you something in this new year, you're going to have some rivers you're going to have to cross and they're going to be scary and they're going to be something that you try to be afraid of, that the enemy tries to make you afraid of. But when you record the miracles of God, your faith stays strong in the middle of battles. If you want to have strong faith this year, begin to record the miracles taking place in your life. When you get a good doctor's report, don't you dare take that for granted this year because somebody didn't get a good doctor's report. Somebody got a bad doctor's report but not you you're a believer you're a prayer warrior you're a worshiper and that doctor's report is a blessing that you can record quit thinking that that things just happen on their own quit giving karma credit for things God does quit giving luck the praise 
I'm lucky. You're not lucky. You're blessed by the most high God. You're not lucky. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. This is something bigger than luck. Chapter four, verse six says the stones are going to serve as a reminder. He said, I want you to take these stones and I want you to build a memorial. And I I want you to remind yourself in the middle of these battles. But also these stones are going to serve a reminder when your children come up and ask you, why are these stones here? You're going to tell them that the Lord cut off the flow of water. That the Lord delivered you from the wilderness. That the Lord allowed you to go across on dry land. And and these stones will help us tell tomorrow about today. I want to tell you this today. It is your job to teach your children about the miracles of the Lord. It is not the school's job. It is not the the youth pastor's job. It is not the the Hope Kids Department's job. Parents, in this new year, if you're going to see promises pass from your generation to the next generation, it'll be because you intentionally sat down, you prayed with them, you led them in the things of God, you told them how God delivered you. God wanted so much for the next generation to see this miracle. Because the truth of the matter is this generation will die. And if they don't tell tomorrow about what happened, the the story of the miracles of God will die with it. Now I want to tell you that God wants you to have to be intentional intentional about telling your, your, your children in the next generation. Because the truth of the matter is what happened in your parents' generation is even less relevant to you today. If you're not careful, you will let what's happening in your generation become less relevant to the next generation. And before that's the problem with skipping church. Eventually, if you skip church, the next generation will say, we didn't really go that much as a kid. And so it's really not a big thing. And then their kids will say, we don't go to church. What is that? What's that even about? That's why little foxes, the enemy tries to spoil the vine, the Bible says. Little thing. You got to be intentional to remember, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Tell your kids. Pray with your kids. Lead your children in the way that they should go, Proverbs says, and when they're old, they will not depart. Generations are affected by how well we remember what God has done for us. I wrote this down. Generational praises are given when we talk to them about miracle seasons. Generational curses are broken when we talk to them about wilderness seasons. I want to tell you parents another challenge I want to give you for the other side. It's about time you talk to your kids about some of the things that you've beaten. It's about time you become transparent and break the generational curse. You think you're doing them a favor by hiding them from the truth. They know you're lying. Let me say that to this side over here because this side really didn't like that. They know you're lying. They know you're lying. If you don't sit down and tell them the truth, you don't have to, you don't have to glorify what you've been through, but what you can tell them is I've been at the bottom of the bottle and all I found at the bottom of the bottle is loneliness. I was just as lonely at the bottom of the bottle as I was when I was with, and, and, and that is how we break generational curses as we tell them of the wilderness God brought us out of. Your children are battling with sexual addictions. Say amen. Amen. 
And you think hiding the, the conversation is helping the thing. Sit down. This is the King James version of Cliff Relations. Are y'all ready? Talk to your kids about sex or else they're going to learn it from a distorted, dark, lying, lost world. It's going to be a sad day if our kids learn about sex from the music industry. It's going to be a sad day if our kids learn about relationships from their latest Instagram fan, uh, uh, you know, star that they're following. God was so intentional when they got on the other side of the river. He said, I want you to build a memorial because your children are going to ask some questions one day. Your children are going to ask some questions and you need to be able to tell them how I delivered you. This memorial, this memorial will help heal them from their own battles. The truth of the matter is transparency with the next generation will help heal you and it'll help keep them faithful. James chapter five, verse 16 says, if we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we become healed. If we confess, we become healed. One of a great place that you can do is talk to your kids about the areas. When's the last time you told your kids, I'm sorry. Some of you got too much pride to tell your kids you're sorry because you don't want to admit that you're wrong. But the truth of the matter is we as all of us as parents have made some big mistakes if we will teach our children uh, about our mistakes and what we went through and have some serious conversations, they can be healed. But now more importantly, they can stay faithful to God. If you raise them, Proverbs says, in the way that they should go, when they turn old enough to make decisions for themselves, they'll remember all the junk you went through in order to get here. And they'll say, I don't want to go through all that stuff. I don't want to go through the dark places that mom and dad went through. I don't want to end up in a hospital. I don't want to end up with a black eye hiding myself in a bedroom for three or four days until it heals because I'm too embarrassed to talk about the abuse I'm in. Hello. That's good preaching whether you say amen or not. My question is, do the kids know the details of God's deliverance from your Jordan River? Do the kids, do your kids, God so intentionally asked them to create a memorial that would transcend their generation. This memorial would be something that the kids would bring up one day. And here's the truth. Mommy, daddy, why do we go to church? We just do. That's just what we do. Be the generation that stops and says, because one day, daddy was at the end of his rope. One day, daddy was looking down the barrel of a gun. One day, I couldn't find love nowhere else and I was looking it for all and I could. And one day I walked into church and Jesus wrapped his arms around me. He pulled me out of drug addiction. He pulled me out of sexual addiction. He pulled me out of suicide. I was, I was headed down a dark road, but he pulled me out and he delivered me. And I wanna tell you about the day we got out of the wilderness and came to the Jordan. We gotta tell tomorrow. We gotta tell tomorrow about today. God wants us to tell tomorrow about today. Let me say it again. God wants us to tell tomorrow about today. Quit hiding things because you're embarrassed. They know what you're going through. 
Later on, later on, Joshua, in Joshua chapter 4, it says that he, he said that when you tell them this, they'll have reverence and respect and fear for the Lord. That they would respect God even more when you tell them of how God delivered you from the wilderness. So when you tell your story on the other side, include the miracles God's done in your life. Say amen tonight. Joshua chapter 4 verse 8 says this. I found this funny in this story. Now I'm going to give you some homework. Go read Joshua chapter 4. In fact, go read 3 and 4 and all this will make sense. But then Joshua chapter 4 verse 8 says the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took the stones and they went out and all this happened. And people carried the stones down. But Joshua, look at verse 9. Joshua, he piled up some stones and he got them off the bank and went to the river. Now he told them to go to the river and build a memorial on the bank, the West Bank. The West Bank is still what they call it in Israel today. The other side, the place that belongs to them. But he, verse nine says, he got some rocks and he went to the middle of the river. And he placed the rocks exactly where the priests were standing. Do you remember God said, take the rocks from where the priests were standing, build a memorial on the bank. Joshua took rocks off the bank, not the same ones, different ones, and went and built a memorial at the place the priest was standing. I love teaching like this because it really lets me into the type of leader Joshua was. Joshua decided in verse nine to build his own memorial to God. He decided that the miracle that God had done because of him, he was the leader that God found faithful enough to lead the children across. You remember, but because God found him faithful, he decided to build a memorial in the river. Why? Because his victory was personal. I don't know about you, but I've been through some things that only God heard my praise and my pain. The things I've been through, some things I'll never I'll never stand with a microphone in my hand and talk about some of the battles I beat on my own. Some things I, didn't even, I haven't even shared with my wife or shared with my family at times to date, at least yet. These are things that are personal to me. Sometimes I can look out over this room and I can see people who are patty cake praising. It's a good season, I love you, G. And then I see people with their hands going to war saying, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do this without you. I need, sometimes my praise is personal. What Joshua did in this moment right here as he went and built another altar, another memorial, in the bottom of the river that God allowed them to cross through. God did not instruct him to do this. In fact, he went over and above what God asked him to do simply to honor God for delivering him. You know how many baseline Christians only do the minimum that's required? And they want God to do exceedingly abundantly above, but they wanna do just enough. You know how many people want to A-plus God, but give him a D-ray, a praise? Oh, this is Wednesday night. You know we preach good and hard on Wednesday night. Amen. Joshua went over and above, and he built an invisible, a, 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 a memorial that eventually, because the river would come back over, it would be invisible. Who would see this altar? No one but him and God. No one. 
The memorial that he built outside the water, that would be for everybody. But, but do you see in verse 9 where the Bible says the altar still stands to this day? You know why? Maybe the waters, when they receded, they rushed over that altar and knocked those stones. But I guarantee you those stones are still in that riverbed today. You know why? Because when I give God a praise that's over and above what is required of me, I promise you that's something that's going to stay in the eternity of time. That's between me and God. This altar was between him and God. And it was proved that God led him through the hardest times of his life. How do I know this was hard times? Because Joshua chapter 1 says God had to Tell Joshua, don't be afraid. See, this was a personal victory for him. Not only did he do what God told him to do, but this was a making of a moment. He didn't wait for the miracle to be completed to praise him. You'd be surprised how many Christians wait for God to do all he needs to do, and then they praise him. No, he walked in while the miracle was taking place. And he offered his praise in that moment, in the making of that moment. Why? Because that moment ended 500 years of slavery for the children of Israel. 400 in captivity, almost, uh, excuse me, 450 years in captivity in Egypt, and then another 40 years in the wilderness, 490 years of slavery and nothing, not being able to access the promised land. Joshua put a praise on the fact that this was the end of an era. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, and I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I really want to tell you this new year can and will be the end of a wilderness over your life for years. If you will go and do what he told you to do, and then you'll praise him in the middle of the circumstances. Joshua and Jesus have a lot of similarities. Can I get nerdy on you for just, just two minutes? Joshua in Hebrew is Yahshua, where we get the name Yeshua, which is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Joshua and Jesus, I just feel like Joshua was an Old Testament glimpse, another one of a promised redeemer to come. See, because Joshua delivered them from an earthly desert, but Jesus came and delivered us from an eternal desert in hell. Joshua entered them in to an earthly promise, but Jesus came to give us new life so one of these days we could enter into an eternal promise. Joshua destroyed the walls of Jericho with a trumpet and with a sound. But Jesus, 1 Thessalonians says, will return with a loud command and a trumpet and he'll bring his church to be home with him. So I just feel like when Joshua laid the stones in the river, the same river that Jesus was baptized in, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, the rock that the builders rejected, I believe it was Jesus foreshadowing the deliverance that would come again in that same river. See, up until that point, water had destroyed people. You remember the flood? Destroyed the earth. You remember the Red Sea destroyed though. You remember some of the plagues, water had a destructive manner. But after this point, water became a, a thing that destroyed sin on people's behalf, not people because of their sin. This is the moment that I'm telling you, Joshua himself entered into this water. And this was a four, Old Testament shadowing of when John the Baptist would hold Jesus in his hand, the rock 
and he would take him under the water in the Jordan River. What am I trying to tell you tonight? I'm trying to tell you that God deserves more than is required. This year, if you're going to thrive in the promised land, see, for some of you, you can get across the river to the promised land, but your mentality will keep you back in Egypt. You can be in a place of blessing and live in a place of poverty because your mentality doesn't change. But if you're going to excel and thrive in the promises God has for you, you're going to have to do more than just required. Well, Pastor Cliff, I come to church. That you're supposed to come to church. Pastor Cliff, I give in the offering. Oh my gosh, thank you. So you're supposed to give in the offering. Pastor Cliff, I serve back with the kids. You're supposed to serve. I'm not talking about doing what he told you to do. I'm talking about doing the extra things that God sees your heart is conditioned and prepared to remember and be grateful for the time he delivered you out of the wilderness. God deserves more than is required of us. I want to tell this church that Hope Alive Church this year will do more than what God requires of us. We will stay obedient, but when he tells us to go, just because it's a Thursday or a Saturday, I believe prophetically, yeah, Holy Ghost, I feel you. I believe this year revival will break out in Hope Alive Church, and it won't just be on a Sunday or a Wednesday. It might be on a Thursday. It might be in a barber shop. It might be in a park. I don't know where it'll happen, but I want to do more than is required of me because I remember the day he pulled me out out of the river I remember the day because of my sin I was just making circles in the wilderness and now that I'm on the other side I'm going to do more than is required of me let me talk to lazy Christians for a minute if you feel guilty I'm talking to you amen the days are over where the mentality plagues the church that that's somebody else's job. I'm so grateful that Sue Wilson, the day I got saved, as a six-year-old boy at the Odessa Gospel Lighthouse Church, I'm so glad Sue Wilson didn't call in because she had a rough Saturday night. I'm so glad Sue Wilson didn't do just the minimum of what was required of me. I'm so glad that Sue Wilson, tonight I believe we're living in the, the fruit of a children's worker who was faithful to her post of duty, who was faithful to be who God called her to be. In this new year, if you're gonna see miracles in your life, you cannot just be a fair weather Christian. You only gotta praise when everything's going good. Let me tell you, that's not even the, that's a great time to praise, but you're missing out on the best praise. You should praise God when everything is going to hell. You should praise God when everything is down on a downward slope. You should lift up a praise in the middle of those things because that's the one that'll set you free. I'm closing with this, Joshua chapter four. It says that day on the other side of the river, is this blessing anybody here tonight? On the other side of the river that day, Joshua, God honored Joshua in the sight of Israel. Joshua was established by God as a leader that led captive people out of captive thinking. They went from chains 
to no chains but still being bound in their mind. You can take people out of Egypt, but you've got to work to take Egypt out of people. That day Joshua was established. And the Bible says that God spoke to Joshua and said, command the priest to come out of the riverbed. And the minute the Bible says that their foot stepped out of the riverbed onto the banks, the west bank of Canaan, the Bible says immediately the door that delivered them was closed. Hear me, I I have a point that I want to say to this church tonight. Immediately when they, ste- when, they, when they stepped out on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan began to flow again. You see what that says? The door that got them out was now closed behind them. And here is my word for you in this new year, first service of 2024. You cannot go back to the wilderness. Call me what you want to. Write hate mail if you want to. I'm not going to stand up and pastor a church that jumps across the river every time they want to go be popular with everybody and they want to go back to wilderness thinking. Wilderness places. They want to go back to wilderness mentalities. They want to worship God with wilderness on their breath. Hello. God's been too good to you. We stood a young man up on this day Sunday who had who had had an addiction with fentanyl and who had beat that addiction and and there are kids his age that do not make it out of that. He took the mic and he said, I'm going to do everything I can to tell everybody I know about the goodness of Jesus and his deliverance. You know why? Because when deliverance is real, you don't want to go back to the things God delivered you from. I'm going to say this again. When true deliverance sets in your heart, it turns your stomach to go back to the same bondage that God, you got a taste of freedom. You got a taste of victory. You got a taste of joy and you cannot go back. Hear me when I tell you tonight, the Lord is trying to tell you, do not go back to the places I delivered you from. Do not go back to the people I delivered you from. Do not go back to the relationship I delivered you from. Do not go back to the mentality I delivered you from. How dare you go back to Egypt when I sent my son to get you across. God's presence opens doors and God's presence closes doors. And if you dare go back to a place that God's presence delivered you out of, you will find the the epitome of destruction. He's there and he's he's a savior who will pull you out of the water. But he, he died too final, too gross of a death for you to play in the water he delivered you from. 
You want God to move on your behalf and you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a devotion life, you don't want to do, you don't want to live a different way, you don't want to deny sin, you don't want to denounce none of that. I promise you this new promised land ain't going to be no good for you because you are still living in the wilderness. 2024, we'll see you in 2024 on December 31st. Talking about next year is my year. I'm going to walk in the promises of God. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. Only in West Texas can we get away preaching like that. No, you ain't. Going back is not an option for a believer. God's supernatural door to your promised land will close because when God moves, you better move. When God tells you to do something, don't you sit there and debate four ways of why it will and won't work. When God tells you to do something, don't you dare go and evaluate your schedule and see if you have time. If you don't do what God tells you to do, he'll close the door. This year, I believe for Hope Alive Church, I've declared and I've heard from the Holy Spirit, this will be a year of answered prayer for people who have prayed to God to do things in their life. This year, he's going to do it. But not only will he not, he cannot if all you're doing is worship in the wilderness. He won't share his glory with the wilderness. He won't share his glory with the desert. My words for you tonight is when God says move, you move. Not when you say, but when God says move. He's looking, listen to me, I'm closing with this. He's looking for a responsive church. Who is going to respond when he speaks? Let me tell you how God speaks. Only one time, Lisa, in my life have I heard God say, just like this. He didn't even say my name. He said, Odessa. Odessa. Call me crazy if you want to. I don't care. I heard him. That's the only time one word in my entire life. The rest, I've heard through preaching. The rest of the times I've heard God speak, I've heard through his word. The rest of the times I've heard God speak, I've heard through praise and worship. I've heard through the voice of somebody else. I've heard through my 10-year-old. But I want to tell you as sure as I'm standing here bald-headed and flat-footed in front of you, God is speaking to you tonight. And he's here to tell you he wants to, he wants to lead you into the best promised places he has for you. For things that generations before you prayed for you to get. This is bigger than stuff. He wants to heal your heart. You can't go down to the Cadillac dealership and buy a new heart. He wants to heal your trauma. He wants to heal the fact that they robbed your innocence from you. He wants to heal it all. And when he says, get across the river, you better get across. You better never look back because the river that once was held up by his hand he will let the river go. And if you're dibbling and dabbling and jumping back and forth, you're neither hot nor cold. You're neither black or white. You're in the middle. You're always just trying to please everybody. You would rather make your friends happy than make God happy. I promise you the same river that you thought you saw deliver your friends will cover you up. When God says move, you better move. Tonight, as you're standing, I want you to remember 
I want you to remember. Prayer team, come. I want you to remember what he's done for you. Tonight, I want you to repent for dabbling in the wilderness. Tonight, I want you to turn around and never look back at the wilderness God delivered you from. I feel like there's a young woman in this room tonight who you prayed this this week for God to deliver you from some things, specifically some relationships and people. And you hadn't spoke to them in a while, but they raised their head this week just to make sure the enemy has a grip on you in this new year too. And if I'm talking to you tonight, this is your, this is heaven speaking to you to tell you, don't you dare go back to the river. Don't you dare go back across the river that God delivered you from. Don't you dare get into a conversation, innocent texts and innocent messages back and forth. It's a trap of the devil to keep you in the wilderness. You better turn around. You better never go back again. Talking to in this room, but if you're in the wilderness, excuse me, you're on the other side of the river, and you the enemy's trying to tempt you to go back. Tonight, come to this altar, lay that stuff down. Prayer team, I want to pray deliverance over people tonight, deliverance from the wilderness. Pray for Satan himself to take his fingernails out of the souls and heart. Come on. Out of the souls and hearts of people. Yeah, yeah, I see you coming. Come on. You don't have to wait. This is your chance. This is your moment. Serve team help. Let's fill them in. The rest of you, would you lift your hands and thank God for the, de- the deliverance he delivered you from the wilderness. Come on, all over this room. Sir, I see you. Don't go back now. Don't go back now. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Hope Alive Church podcast. If you want to stay connected with us, you can reach us at myhopealive.church. From there, you can download our app. You can follow our social media. Stay tuned to our podcast. We do this so often. And always remember to keep hope alive.